You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. Welcome back for another shift on the Geeks Watch. We're here talking about Shadow and Bone on Netflix. We're on episode five. That's right, five. One, sure. What's what's the episode title there, John? This one is called "Show Me Who You Are." Show me who you are. Very ominous. Very ominous title. Uh, but so yes, I'm Mitch, and with me as always is John. Hail. Steven. That's me. And Elizabeth. Hi. But as always, before we get to our featured review, yeah, review, Overview. discussion. Huh? Overview. Overview. And with us in spirit is Jessica. And with us in spirit is <laughs> Jessica. Uh, we are going to talk about our week's watch. So, Elizabeth, what did you watch this week? So, this week... Because Jessica could not make it for recordings, uh, John had to suffer through uh, having me on VHS Gems with him. Oh, and stop! So, <laughs> and so he kindly agreed to let me watch When Harry Met Sally. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you didn't want to watch uh, In the Mouth of Madness. Yeah, no, I like Googled both In the Mouth of Madness. What was the other one? Night, Night of the Creeps. Creeper? Night of the Creeps. Yeah, and I looked at both of the covers and went, nope. Not something I'm going to watch. <laughs> Therein lies the entire pitch for VHS Gems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I don't do horror movies. So instead we did When Harry Met Sally, and you should go listen to our conversation on that. But as always, it's it's a great, it's a great movie. It's a classic. Why is it a great movie? Because wow. it does... All of the rom-com things right. Okay. While not being a chick flick. Okay. I will have to take both of your words for it because I have never seen that movie. Yes, well, I'm going to make you watch it after we finish watching all the Fast and the Furious movies. <laughs> That's right. Oh, God. <laughs> That's my trade-off. Naima and I recently watched Notting Hill for the first time. Oh. I've never seen that either. Honestly, it would hold up if you took pretty much the exact same script and made it today. Yeah. There's essentially no changes. Julie Roberts is still a pretty empowered character throughout the whole movie. Like, it's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Harry Met Sally. Oh, two weeks one notice is pretty good, too. It's true. I, I remember that good. one fondly. Except for you have one problematic actor in the movie. Not two weeks notice, but uh, um, Notting Hill. Notting Hill. And you have a problematic Who's, situation in two weeks' notice. Is, is, yeah, because boss. of the boss. Yeah. yeah. What, what is, who's the problematic actor in uh, Notting Hill? Rice fans? Reese fans? The, the, is that the roommate? The roommate, yeah. He, the, yeah, the, who would have guessed that guy would have become an issue? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what, what did he do now? Uh, I remember one year at, at uh, the year that he was Dr. Connors for Amazing Spider-Man, like at San Diego Comic-Con, he got into 
some stuff and said some some very bad things uh, to the point where they had to kick him out of San Diego Comic-Con. Whoa. Uh, but I think since then, and maybe I'm remembering this wrong, that some other stuff, stuff has come out about him, but maybe I'm just, Jeez. you know, remembering things Tainted wrong. from the... <laughs> from the comic... Or from... San Diego Comic-Con. San Diego Comic-Con, Comic-Con yeah. And he, he, he did a lot of really cool bit parts. Like, I loved his character in... Um, the, the replacement Keanu Reeves football movie. Yes, that one. Yeah, I love. I like. I like that movie a lot. See, but I think Stephen was saying that Notting Hill you could just remake. Well, so you would, don't have to yeah. use the same characters. That's fair. You have to use the same, same actors. actors. Yeah. Yeah. It's it was a shockingly good movie. Like I I'm actually kind of glad that I hadn't watched it up to now, despite my love for rom coms. Fair. It is a good movie. But yeah, no. So you should everybody should go watch When Harry Met Sally, and then go listen to the VHS Gems episode. There you go. VHS Gems is on our network. Usually out every Thursday at noon Pacific time. Ooh, that's Not a good turnaround time. Huh? You guys are good at that. That's a good turnaround time. <laughs> Even with insider knowledge of when they record, that's pretty good. <laughs> Steven, what did you watch this week? I watched a couple things. Um, I actually, you know, I got to watch a lot of things this week. Um, one thing that I would recommend for everyone that's not a movie thing is if you're a PlayStation owner or a very hopeful PC gamer, um, go watch the 15 minutes of gameplay they put out for the new Horizon Zero Dawn game. That's like Forbidden West, I think is the name of it. It looks gorgeous. So, uh, other than that, though, the thing that I watched that was a movie or TV thing, like we usually talk about for this, uh, I watched the new. The, the first episode of the new Amazon anthology series, Solos, which is basically like it, it's it's in the genre of a Black Mirror, a Twilight Zone, things like that. But it doesn't seem like there's anything that's really intense so far, just having watched the first one. So take that with a grain of salt. Okay. Um, the first one stars Anne Hathaway as a person who's trying to figure out time travel. And over the course of the first episode, you kind of figure out what her motivations for this are. There's obviously a couple different things that make it different than what she's initially saying things are. And it was very clearly a very COVID safe production because it's just her and her, you know? (laughs) Um, So it it was pretty good, though. I, I do agree with some of the reviews that I've been seeing for it that I think have kept it from getting on anyone's radar, really, that talk about it being kind of toothless like there's not really a point um the thing that i had actually texted mitch when i was first talking about this was that it feels like one of those vimeo or youtube shorts that you'll see that'll have some actor who two years from now will be a background character in some big show and you'll go oh i saw them in that thing back when (laughs) Uh, but instead it has anne hathaway um which is I, i don't I don't know what to say about it other than it was good. <laughs> I mean, I think you hit it on the head with the idea. I, mean, I haven't watched it, but I think you hit it on the head with the idea of the COVID safe. Like at the time when this was probably being filmed, actors were looking for anything that would be that they could do for work that would be COVID safe. And if it's just her alone, then mm-hmm. more than likely it was like, well, we can probably get Anne Hathaway for a steal because she's not working right now. Because <laughs> nobody's Honestly, working. 
I think the thing that was one of the best things that came out of that whole time for production was all of the stuff that we're now seeing get adapted from audio dramas into series announcements. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of the Q code things, like there's just a slew of announcements for those becoming TV shows because of course it is. I mean, yeah, we're seeing lots of like, uh, like you said, Q code stuff and other narrative podcasts and podcasts that bring up almost like like lore, like uh, mm-hmm. how they turned lore into a TV series. Maybe that would that was just a little bit before its time because they're they're starting yeah. to do it all again. Yeah, it, I mean, it's a good market. Makes sense. Like a good test base for stuff. Did you ever watch? I believe it was on Hulu. Uh, Four oh four. No, uh, was it Room 404? No, no, no. That was Room 304 or something like that. No, this was a, another anthology show, and I think John and I watched it for this show. Uh, it was another anthology show that kind of was like Twilight Zone, but skewed more sci-fi, like more more tech sci-fi. Like, like an Outer Limits? I guess more like an Outer Limits. Outer Limits always seemed like it had to do with aliens. This, this, That's fair. The first episode, there were one of the episodes, and I can only really remember one episode of it was the Patton Oswald takes his niece to go watch a movie, and uh, I think I'm seeing I can't even remember, but he's just he's very like snide about the movie the whole time and how it's <laughs> how you know it they're gonna they're gonna ruin it because of this and Hollywood doesn't have any good ideas anymore. Uh, and then like his niece, who's kind of who used to look up to him, like ditches him to go go hang out with her friends and it, it hurts his feelings and stuff like that but there's a it's a there's a weird i think the movie comes to life kind of thing in there do you remember this john am i just talking nonsense no i don't this doesn't sound familiar at all <laughs> all right maybe i drink I, I, re- I remember i was gonna say i, remember I the feel idea. like you need to write this <laughs> yeah yeah reach out to pat all about it <laughs> i know it's a thing i just might not we might not have talked about it on the show no, I, I do remember this this happening. The idea of the, there was there were a slew of anthology series that came out. It seemed all at once. Yeah, especially or at least after like Black within side of two years. Yeah, yeah. I, I I like Black Mirror a lot, but I think that there are definitely some misses that rob it from great, like rob it of greatness. True. Yeah. yeah. You it, didn't watch Electric Dreams, then, did you? The Electric Dreams fucking sucks. Yeah, that was bad. <laughs> it's so bad. I I don't want to mince words on that one. If you're a an Amazon Prime user who's thinking, should I watch this thing? I'm low on TV. Go watch something else that you've watched before. <laughs> yeah, that was bad. Like, uh, you would think with stuff that's adapted from Philip K. Dick, you'd be like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm all for this. But no, think think again. Think about all the Philip K. Dick movies that are out there, and how many of them do you actually like? <laughs> uh, did you you have uh, an Apple TV Plus account? Have you watched Amazing Stories, the new Amazing Stories? No, is this the one that's all audio? No, that's sounds or something like that. Mm-hmm. No, uh, Amazing Stories was Steven Spielberg's oh. anthology show from the 80s uh but they i believe they redid it for apple tv plus um you were thinking of dimension 404 and we did not watch that on dimension 404 that's what it was called but yes uh uh, yeah go go look up amazing stories i know the old stuff used to be was was really good i don't know about the new stuff yet i was looking to it yeah i I enjoy an anthology series yeah hey mark hamill's a narrator for amazing (laughs) stories or for dimension 404 dimension 404 all right well, you should go watch it then, John, and then I could 
piece this all together. <laughs> I can say we watched it in spirit. Just there you go. Times apart, which that could be a plot. That's like the lake house, but for like Podcasting. show watching. I'm <laughs> <laughs> the lake house. We just watched it in different times. Uh, so, what was the name of your oh, Sa- solos? Was on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Did you watch anything else? I did, but I can't remember what the other freaking thing was. <laughs> God help me. Lost it. <laughs> John, what did you watch this week? So I watched one movie and then just a bunch of trailers because like my time has been you know, if I can find enough to like sit down and look at my phone, I'm kinda lucky right now. But um I want to start with some trailer action first, because these are short. Real simple, digestible. Uh, the Eternals was announced, and well, we got I mean, our first real look at dropped. it. Yeah, yes, and this one's weird because I love everything that is being represented by a movie or a story like The Eternals, um, which is more, way more on the cosmic side of things. Like, um, I want to say, Guardians of the Galaxy is a step towards that direction, but this is like a huge leap even further. Um, it's got a lot of kind of Prometheus-like elements to it, ancient aliens, uh, you know, these superior beings that have kind of stewarded humanity over the ages. Um, and I'm like, I'm all for it. Like, I I think I've only ever read one Eternal comics in my life, and I was like, this is cool. Like, I like how, <laughs> you know, like, I, you know, the street-level stuff is interesting to a point, but I can only watch somebody fighting in a hallway so long before I stop caring that they have to work the next day and they have, to, you know, they show up to a, a case with a bruised eye or whatever. I was like, this is like much bigger stuff happening, which I like. Um, but I've been noticing online that people have been either kind of just scratching their heads at it, like, huh? Like yeah. this doesn't have that quirkiness like Guardians had. Um, and even with some of the bigger name stars like Angelina Jolie and uh, Selma Hayek, they're still like, who are these people? Like, what, what, what is this? And that's in the best case scenario. In the worst case, I've been seeing some people straight up hating on it, saying this is going to be Marvel's first flop. Um, they're just trying to push this diversity agenda on us because it's like a multicultural cast. And somebody, somebody that I like even went so far as to say, oh, they're pandering to India now because they're throwing in Bollywood in there. And I'm like... Dude, there's one brief scene that looks like people dancing and Kumail and Johnny's in it. Like, this is not <laughs> Bollywood. Like, what is with all this vitriol that people are spewing? I'm like, ah, like, am I getting too old to be a fan or are fans just wrong? It's the second one. <laughs> yeah. No, it's the fans <laughs> that are wrong. Yeah, yeah fans, it's, fans it's are just fans that are wrong. We got to make that principal Skinner meme. Um, <laughs> it's just, I feel but, like everyone's in the spot where they're like so immediately judgy. But at the end of the day, like I think it's honestly my generation who's so judgy. But like my my Transformers is Beast Wars. Like I, it's it if they were changing the thing that I liked so much to make it fucking beast wars from transformers right now <laughs> everyone would be up in arms but beast wars is awesome teen titans as the like anime infused children's cartoon is the one that's everyone so hard up for because that's the one they grew up with but that's a drastic departure from previous teen titans so everyone who's out there complaining about something just watch stuff and have fun guys 
<laughs> we can't have yeah. fun. They gave us a medium where we're allowed to yell as loud as we want at everybody all at once. So we have to do that. It's fair. Apparently. But, I mean, I'm still all for it. And the one that kind of hurt the most that I watched somebody that... Somebody I actually like. I like uh, Grace Randolph. She's kind of abrasive sometimes in her trying to bring scoops. You know, she was the one that was pushing this big... Uh, story of uh, Pedro Pascal was quitting the Mandalorian because he wouldn't take his helmet off or whatever. And like, she would not retract that. She was like, nope, I'm standing by my sources, whatever. I still watch her from time to time, even though I've definitely have weaned off her a bit. And her critique of the trailer was, and I don't even think she was trying to be ironic or funny. She was like, oh, so now they're trying to take away humanity's progress and say that it was these other ancient aliens that made humanity progress okay i see what they're doing here whatever you know like just being dismissive of it i'm like dude it's a movie it's a story and it's based on a comic book i think you're putting a little too much stock in this it's not trying to be a documentary or something i mean it's a it's a a universe clearly (laughs) it's a universe where it says a dude built a suit out of metal that he can fly around in so yeah super soldiers are a thing yeah I like the idea that she goes to watch Wolverine and she's like, why? Okay, so now we're science is going to try to improve on the natural evolution that, that mutants represent. <clears throat> like, he was fine just as is. Why do you have to put adamantium in his bones? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, people have just been, maybe I'm just getting older, but I'm like, you know what? I, I can see why older people get crotchety and stop caring about yeah. uh, younger people's opinions. Um, <laughs> I don't think Grace so, Randolph is that much younger than you. Yeah, I think I think it might be the the younger people who are more accepting of stuff. Honestly, you know, I once I hit forty, I just presume that I'm older <laughs> than everyone. <laughs> uh, like I, I I immediately caught up to my parents. We're like on the same level now. We go to the casinos together. <laughs> the buffet. You, you yeah, hit the early bird special. <laughs> so the other thing I watched was the Tomorrow War, which I think is an Amazon exclusive starring Chris Pratt. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting one. I like the premise quite a bit. I'm sure that they're holding on to some big twister reveal, but I really like it because it reminded me of. Uh, do you guys remember Weekly Reader? Was that a thing for you guys? I know, like I said, I'm older, so I don't know if they phased that out by then. Um, what is Weekly Reader? Wow. Okay. So yeah. <laughs> So when I was growing up in school, they passed out this little like two to four page little thing called the Weekly Reader, which is essentially like a little newspaper that had little short it's, stories or we had a, things a in different the different one. It was okay. it was all scholastic based. Yeah. It was a, it was scholastic branded. Okay, yeah. This one was I think uh I was going to say Dunder Mifflin. Um no, it was the, the other one Hooten Mifflin I think was the one that we had. Okay. So basically, that's what it was. It was like a Reader's Digest or something for for kids. Um, And there was a story in it in which a kid who played a lot of video games was visited from a a time traveler from the future who, I guess at that point, everything was more like gesture-based. So they didn't have the motor skills that they needed in order to do like something manual to help them. I don't know. It was like whatever it was, but... Think like Last Starfighter meets yeah. like Back to the Future or that kind of thing. All I can I was think like, was oh. Last Starfighter as you started saying it. Yeah, and that's what this gives me like a big vibe of of that like time traveler meets Star Last Starfighter, 
because I guess the premise is something's happening in the future and humans are basically doing like a reverse Terminator where they're going to the past to recruit more bodies to take to the future to fight in their future war. And there's also some shades of Edge of Tomorrow, a.k.a. Uh, live, die, repeat, repeat. a.k.a. all you need, all you is, need kill. is kill. Yeah. Best so, one. The best name yeah. that no one should have changed. Yeah. Was, nah, that, that would have been die, it. repeat's better. <laughs> it, but it says the whole plot. <laughs> <laughs> They should have just called it Groundhog's Day with aliens. I mean, <laughs> people would have understood that at least. Um, yeah, so they have some aliens that kind of look a little reminiscent to that. Um, like I said, I'm sure there's some kind of twist, but I'm in for it because I just like the premise already. And I mean, who doesn't like Chris Pratt, even when he's being a weirdo? Um, you know, at least Especially he's no he's rice orphan. Yeah. And <laughs> the last trailer I watched was Dear Evan Hansen. Oh. This is the musical. Yeah. Yes. That's this was a weird a one. Feature. <clears throat> yes. I had no idea what this was, as but one of the YouTube channel uh reaction channels that I watch, um, it's these two like uber sensitive uh, males. Um the channel's called Previewed. And like they're they'll cry during whatever they're watching and they're proud of it. Like they'll just get emotional. So like I just like watching these guys because they're they're also funny. And one of them has seen the the actual show that this is based on. The other one hadn't. So he just kind of described, like, yeah, it's got kind of a prom- problematic premise. And I was like, okay, now I'm intrigued. And so I started watching the it's not a the trailer. Problematic premise. And, <laughs> well, the story itself, I guess, has some issues that could be seen as kind of controversial. But okay. only in the same way, apparently, that Catcher in the Rye is controversial, where you just have a character that's could be seen as kind of a scumbag. Yeah. Although it sounds like in this one, it's kind of unintentionally he does something scummy. Well, I mean, the point of it, because they tell you in the trailer, so it's not really a spoiler. Um, so he's he goes to therapy, this guy named Evan Hansen, who's played by... Um, what's his name here? I just saw it. It is Ben Platt, who there's, I recognize right away. To, to him being in the role. Oh, well... We'll get to that then, because I'm curious. I wonder if it had something to do with him being in um, Pitch, Pitch Perfect. Perfect. Yes, because that was probably my favorite character, because he was such... Well, because he was a Star Wars fan, of course. Um, <laughs> but but he has such a weird turn in it, where he like, did magic and thought yeah. that was going to make him cool. <laughs> um, and then he gets turned down by the acapella groups and all of that, and then at the end, he comes in and saves the day, and has like a really surprisingly good voice. Um, and he sings so one of my he's, favorite he, songs. Which is which one? The magic song. I've got oh. the magic in me. That one? I don't did even you know. You're going to get us copyright strike. <laughs> I thought I only did like three <laughs> seconds. <laughs> uh, somebody's going to shoot Sam this and uh, figure out that song. Um, anyway. So, yeah, he's in the movie. I like that actor. This is the only other thing I've seen him in besides Pitch Perfect. So I was like, oh, cool. And the basis of the story is that he's basically a troubled youth. He's depressed. Uh, He goes to therapy. Uh, Somebody else signs his cast as kind of a joke. But then that guy ends up killing himself because he's also depressed. Um, But the parents think that they were good friends because... Uh, it's kind of hard to explain, but basically, there's a confusion. Uh, there's a mix-up that happens where the parents of the boy that commits suicide think that Evan Hansen was a really good friend of his, and when they see that his cast was signed with the really huge letters of the guy's name, they're like, "Oh, see, you, 
of course you guys are friends. Look at that. He signed his name all big because, you know, only a really good friend would do that. Um, so basically that kind of changes everything because it helps the parents deal with it because they thought his, their son didn't have any friends. So it's like, okay, so he had you. That makes us feel better. At least he wasn't alone. And that's kind of like the, the premise of the movie is like, you know, even in darkest times, there's always someone out there. But the whole thing is based on a lie. And it just keeps growing and growing where Evan Hansen's life seems to start improving. But only because all of this is building up on the fact that everybody thinks that he was like the only uh, good thing in the other guy's life uh, as a friend or whatever. And so he's struggling with whether or not to come forward with it because it would cause more damage than it would fix. But it would, you know, ease his conscience because he doesn't like that everything is based on a lie, which was unintentional. And I guess that's what it is. And it's a musical, so there's definitely, um, you know, it breaks out into song. I think in the trailer, you only really hear one song or part of it. But I was like, man, like, this is not something that would have come across my radar normally. But just on the strength of these two guys talking about it, I'm like, wow, I'm like really interested in this now. So I think it's a really good musical. I'm kind of curious what they honed in on as being problematic about it. Because to me, I think, I think it's it was a really that. good representation of what do you do when faced with the fact that, you know, there's an assumption that's been made that's incorrect about you. But that assumption is helping others and helping you. What do you do about that? And I think it's yeah. a question to be asking ourselves. Yeah, I think I would keep that lie in place, personally. You would? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it feels like it's something that you would have to, but depending on what kind of person you are, like it could eat at you or you could start feeling like everything that you're getting, the way that your life is improving as a result is not deserved. You definitely yeah. can get that imposter syndrome going on there. So, yeah, I'm really intrigued just based on that and what these two guys said, because they both liked it. I mean, what the one who's actually seen the show was said it's fantastic. And like, but... Uh, yeah, was I'm this curious to see how that role originally played by James Corden in the uh, Broadway show? If I heard them correctly, I think they said it was uh, originated by Ben Platt. Oh, oh, really? Yeah, I think he also started it on the show and then didn't do it for a while and they brought it back from the I movie. I mean, I knew he was a Broadway actor before Pitch Perfect. I just didn't know that. He was also in a, a Netflix show called The candidate i think or something like that as a oh yes politi- politi- about a, a teenager oh. who or a college student who was running for yeah. school yeah. president and then basically an breaks out politics. onto the world or the, national stage yeah. of politics okay i didn't make it very far into that series i think they got a second <laughs> season it did <laughs> I was going to say, that kind of sounds like a Reese Witherspoon movie, doesn't it? <laughs> Legally oh. Blonde was so much better. <laughs> okay, that's three trailers. What was your movie? Army of the Dead. Army by Zack of the Snyder. Dead. Return to the Snyderverse of zombies. <laughs> is, is the paper-thin focal length as bad as people have said? You know, it didn't really bother me, to be honest. Um, the, the thing that if I was going to take issue with anything in this movie, um, like I didn't even notice because I don't have a 
8K or 4K TVs, just regular 1080. I could have noticed the dead pixels, but apparently a lot of people with high-end televisions are whining about the fact that at least one of the digital cameras that they used to film has several dead pixels that you can clearly see in uh, several scenes. The thing is, I understand it is that it, it wasn't. It's not even that there's a dead pixel in the footage because honestly, that would be an easy fix. Um, the thing was that because of some some issue with it trying to display what's happening with the actual footage, um, people are getting that dead pixel that's showing. Mm. It's not. It's not a thing that is there even like from from scene to scene. It's it's not even something as like recreatable as seeing the same one every time. Mm. It's very odd. The, yeah, there there be. was someone who did like a big breakdown of it that I was reading. So it yeah, could just know, be like a bit rate issue. I didn't know mm-hmm. it was four Ks and eight Ks. I thought it was just O O L O L E D S. I don't know. I didn't see anything about it being limited to um, OLED TVs even. Yeah. Or yeah. Mm. Oh, I don't know. But yeah, so I the biggest one of the biggest things that I've heard about this movie, and I haven't watched it yet, and I and I I want to know first, John, did you like the movie? That's all you have to say, yes or no. I can't quantify it that simply. I can tell you, I didn't hate it. You didn't hate it, okay? Yes. So I would say, what I the one of the biggest like I don't know if it's criticism or comparisons is that it is aliens. Yes. It's Absolutely. The, it's the movie Aliens made with zombies. Yes. yes. <laughs> it's 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 the movie Okay, so it's not just that it follows plot points. There's actual blocking of scenes that are taken from Aliens and characters. The most obvious one is the Latina character mm-hmm. who has the red headband. Literally looks the same and I think dies the same, spoiler alert. Um <laughs> <laughs> it there, the you have a um, Paul Reiser type character does the exact same things that uh, huh. Paul Reiser does in the movie, uh, right down to like locking everybody behind a, a, a certain door, and like as soon as he thinks he's free, then gets dispatched. You know, like it's it's that. It, I want to learn how to do video editing for many reasons. One mm-hmm. of them is so that I can compare these side by side and show you how they literally take these scenes from aliens and just put them in here and replace them with zombies. As a matter of fact, one interesting thing I found out about this movie after the fact is that, speaking of problematic uh, people, this movie had originally <laughs> featured Chris D'Elia. That's right. Yeah, and then he's, he, his role was essentially replaced by Tignataro, right? But yes, that's just and, not the role. Like they literally, they they erased him from the film and put her mm-hmm. over him. They digitally replaced him. Yeah, Tignotaro was not on set with any people. Her scenes were all filmed when the film was already in the can, and like they just brought her in. They green screened some of her scenes. Anytime you see her on the screen with other people, she's not really there. I heard it was pretty fa- flawless. It is actually. I didn't know. I had no idea. I, I would never have guessed that. Because it, based on the quality of the acting, it already doesn't seem like people are talking to each other anyway. <laughs> um, and that's not really a slam because like Dave Bautista is kind of good in it. Like he's, he's fine he, as an actor. I liked him yeah. in uh, twenty forty nine. I mean, I like him in um, even though he doesn't say much. I like him in the last James Bond movie, The Spectre. I think. Um, 
He's Okay and that other one with Kumail Nanjani. What was that one? The uh, uh, Uber? Stuber? Stuber? Stuber. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, he he does good. He's just... Um, it's just Zack Snyder's storytelling is kind of sucks like i i love everything about Zack snyder except the way he likes to tell a story <laughs> and when you when you give him the ability to write that story like dawn of the dead fantastic remake some people have their problems with it some people don't think it's as good or better than the original that's yeah. a fair concern but, but that's, i that's james gunn's writing that exactly that makes that movie yeah and 300 was a fantastically shot movie, but the source material was Frank Miller, yeah. which, like or hate him, I mean, 300 was a pretty solid movie. But Sucker Punch was all style and just like a clusterfuck of a story, if you could even call it that. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, the same goes for anything else that he tried. Like, some people are great as writer-directors. Zack Snyder's not one of them. <laughs> yeah, um, I feel like Zack, Zack Snyder has to be part of a team. Yeah, but people keep saying, you know, what? you want to do the whole thing yourself, you got it, dude. But that being said, it wasn't bad. Some of the story elements are nonsensical because it takes zombie tropes and then it introduces things like apparently zombies can get pregnant. What? Yeah, that's a thing that can happen here. Logically, but yeah, okay. There's, yeah. there's a lot of things that it, that he's making huge jumps in zombie revolu- evolution in this movie, as I've heard. Yeah, there's there's uh yeah they they try to in, uh, establish that there's a zombie hierarchy where if you get bit by the head zombie, you can become an alpha zombie. But if you get bit by an alpha zombie, you just become a regular zombie, which they call a shambler. So there's different levels of intellect. They have kind of like their own society within. Because this all takes place in Las Vegas. This is kind of like, um, what's that video game? Dead, Dead Rising. Dead Rising. I was thinking, Le- I was thinking like Left for Dead with the classifications. That's um, true. But too. Dead Rising, Dead, Dead Rising is probably the bigger one since there's like a functioning society under it apparently. And there's yeah, also all uh, the, the grab anything you can to use as a weapon kind of thing. Yeah, that happens. Mm. Like one of them has like a circular saw as his main weapon. Um, they they do some interesting stuff for sure. Like it it's not so bad that it's dreadful. It's definitely like one of those so bad it's almost kind of good. Not but not at like the room or birdemic level. It's 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 this weird middle gray area <laughs> where it's just kind of like it just wasn't exists. a total waste of time. <laughs> Maybe you could make some kind of watch party with it and just like make fun of the movie or try to notice where like Tig Notaro was digitally spliced in instead. Oh, that's mm-hmm. another scene that they take straight out of Aliens by the way. So it, eh, it, it whatever. It's it's this there's nothing you can really spoil about this movie. Watch it for the zombie kills. That's the only. Oh, and it begins like um so here's my main problem I have with the movie. I know I'm making this a little too long now, but I'm going to try to wrap it up. So my main problem with this movie is that it because it's coming out at like I wouldn't even say it's the tail end of the zombie craze. It's basically like the the zombie thing is done already. So this movie's doing basically just so many derivative things to the point where like it begins like so many other zombie movies where like people are transporting unknown cargo and there's like some kind of military experiment. So there's a lot of like uh, Return of the Living Dead stuff in there. Um, the actual intro like beginning credits were done better by uh what was the jesse eisenberg zombie movie 
Zombieland? Zombieland. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically that. Thing, American Ultra. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So the the intro is basically that, where you have like you see the decay of civilization set to music. I forget what song they did, um, but the one that they used for Zombieland was better because it was Metallica. This one I can't remember what it was. Um, well, so I, you see, like, I also heard that they use like on the nose uh cranberry no garbage they use uh zombie yeah what? yeah i think that was that was how they ended the movie i think was zombie it's like an acoustic version yeah it's like the last version she she recorded before she passed yeah oh well if it was actually the from the real band that was the cranberries was it i thought it was that's the cranberries for that song for yeah sure. is it okay then I, was, I, I, I thought you were talking about a garbage cover or something. Yeah, maybe it was a garbage cover then, because it was the it was the lead by singer, who? The but lady. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was a lady that was the lead singer of Garbage. Okay, then yeah, that might have been a cover. That was um, eh, her name's escaping me right now. But anyway, yeah. So there's nothing subtle about this movie. It's a very very on the nose, <laughs> and in typical Sex Snyder fashion, there's a lot of interesting plot threads that actually don't go anywhere. Oh, and, you don't say. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, is there like a whole possible time travel like element that's in there? There might be. Um, the whole movie ends with like, oh, we thought we had all of this contained. Guess not, because now we're moving to a new city and this is all going to start all over again kind of situation. Um, well, guess what? Know, like, it's... You'll have plenty of more because they have a spinoff movie that's coming and a spinoff animated series that's coming all on Netflix. Yeah, I think I heard about the series, yeah. I mean, if I were to say there was one thing that I definitely didn't hate about this movie is that during that beginning credit sequence that's set to music where you start seeing the decay of Las Vegas, um, you get zombie showgirls. So there was that. I just why does Zack Snyder get to make forty movies when we only have one dread? Oh, that's a, you, you know, know it's life's not fair. It's, <laughs> it's, it's it's fucked up. I mean, why did we lose uh, Heath Ledger, but we have Jared Leto? I, it's this is a solid question. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, Army of the Dead is available on Netflix right now. I watched uh, a new show from Marvel, but it's an animated series. It is a stop-motion animated series on Hulu. It is MODOK. And for those who don't know, MODOK is a metal, mental organism designed only for killing. It is, yeah. he, is he is one of Iron Man's, uh, or even what, just what Marvel's, his, villains. What was his original name, Mitch? Mental... Organism designed only for knowledge. I thought it was computing, and it was like with a C, and Not they changed it to K. It might be a, It might have been with a C. They, there's a bunch of different acronyms for him. <laughs> yeah, I think there's like there's there's Modam. The there's yeah. the other the other version. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, the character you have seen the character, even though you don't know the character. Uh, it's a it it looks like a a guy with it's a a guy who is a giant head with little arms and hands that floats around in a metal suit. I thought um, he I always thought he looked like Krang, but as a he, big thing. Yeah, he kind of looks like Krang. Uh, it it's it's been said he's he's most of the time a 
Iron Man uh, villain because he's usually the head of AIM, advanced intellect, intelligence mechanics. Yeah. That sounds right. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, <laughs> but who, who, who we all saw, we thought we were seeing in Wandavision. Yes, we thought that we were going to see that in Wandavision. We also that we also got hinted at in Iron Man three uh, with uh, Killian being the head of them. Uh, but this show is all stop motion. It's voice. Modok is voiced by Patton Oswalt. Once again, back to Patton Oswalt. Uh, it's 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 done by the people the studio that did uh, Robot Chicken, Stupid Buddy. So it's got that same look, um, definitely the same kind of jokes. It's it, it's it's a very humorous show. It, it's all about how he is the head of this evil organization that tr- that tries to terrorize superheroes and steal money, but when he goes away. He's also a family guy. Like he goes home. His wife is a is a vlogger, a lifestyle vlo- lifestyle vlogger. His uh, son is awkward. His daughter, who looks like him, a giant floating head, uh, is the the belle of this high school. Like she's very popular, and they don't mention the fact that she looks like a giant floating head. Like that, it's not a thing. So it's cool at all. Ben Schwartz's character is just little kid Ben Schwartz or whatever. Yep. And then she's just also Modoc. Like, what happened? <laughs> it's literally when you, you have two kids, one looks like your mom, one looks like the dad that just happens, I guess. Uh, so it, it, that's essentially what the show is about. It's, a, it's about his family life and how he, he tries to make it through, even though he's the leader of a big evil organization. So it's funny. It's supposed to be humorous. Um, I I think it was John Hamm as the voice of Iron Man at the beginning of the episode, but I can't. I, I didn't look actually. I, I was wondering who, who was going to be, but I didn't <laughs> stick around for the credit. And I think you do. You have that a lot. A lot of cameo voices jumping in just to do uh, certain characters. Uh, yeah, like, it was. What did you say? The the lady the lady who is the the one who's vying for command of AIM. It's uh, Jake. The, I, I forget her name. From Brooklyn Nine Nine, Jake Peralta's oh, Melissa Ferrino, Fumero. Yeah, uh, yeah, and she is playing. Oh, what is the character? It doesn't matter. Anyway, aim lady, <laughs> aim lady. Uh, did you enjoy it, Stephen? No, no. Yeah, it's it's not it's not good. <laughs> I, I I just didn't. I don't fall for that humor. I think the most interesting thing about it is that it is a layover from uh previous marvel television division that no longer Mm. exists this is one of the shows that kevin feige when he absorbed marvel television into marvel studios said he would still wanted them to make uh there was four shows that were supposed to come out that uh jeff loeb was in charge of uh four animated shows that were gonna be on hulu this this one uh hit monkey howard the duck and Ooh, I can't remember what the, the fourth one was. Uh, I think the Howard the Duck one was supposed to be done by Kevin Smith. And uh, this is the one that made it through. I think Hitmonkey might still be in production, but I'm not sure. So I think I, I just find that all that interesting. This is the one that Kevin, Kevin Feige decided, nope, this is the one that makes it through. I want, I want to see more of this. <laughs> also, like, the, the, the idea that this this series is the most kind of like time intensive kind of thing for them to have possibly made 
and the least malleable. Yes. When so much else in the the MCU is it's it's movable. You could change things around, move this or that. Even up in production um, until the end of WandaVision, we were supposed to have that Doctor Strange cameo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like the idea that they settled for this one, which isn't like a CG produced stop motion thing like like the worthy kids thing captain yajima that i talked about recently mm-hmm. where it's all it looks like it's a rankin bass kind of thing but it's all cg this is done with models actually done with stop motion and everything and that's insane in this day and age that's literally why i can't watch stop motion stuff like it makes me think about how long it had to have taken to make any <laughs> particular scene like i know animation takes a long time for whatever reason, when I watch an animated thing, like a, a traditional CG or hand-drawn animation thing, I don't think about it as that. I think, but I think about it when it's claim when it's uh, stop-motion animation. Like it, interesting. It really bugs me, and I don't know what it is about it. But yeah, this they can't really have timely jokes or uh, really be involved in any current storyline that's going on in the MCU because the stop-motion just takes way too long to to do. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marvel's Modoc is available on Hulu. All right, let's get into Shadow and Bone. Fifth Woo! episode. What's it called, John? Ow! Show me who you are. Show me who you are. I just want to say is like the tailor. Does she? I know she can fix the skin if someone's hurt. Like, she took away that scar, but when she's uh-huh. doing makeup, is she, like, making the skin turn that color, or is is she, like, producing makeup onto her eyes, like, for the eyeshadow and lips and lipstick? I think she's it's producing wor- makeup just like she's dyeing the hair, because she says the hair dye doesn't last, so if she were actually manipulating the skin, it wouldn't stay put. Her powers are weird. It's it's way too powerful for being yeah. used just to make cl- the, hair. That's, that's, kind of that's useless. the thing I was going to say. We're, we're in that spot where if you really think about the ability and try to be like, well, what's the implication of this one? Yeah. It's broken. It's broken. <laughs> you cannot consider it any further. Because if we apply the same rule about um, like the way that the hair stuff goes, where she's... She set up the idea of it's only there for a little bit. Does that also apply to the like other skin changes that she makes? Right. So if she goes and like heals somebody with this ability of hers, which it seems like to me she probably could, uh, would the person just fall apart later and they're back in the situation from when they were injured? Honestly, I can't I think, ask these questions. Honestly, I think so. I think that's why she doesn't consider herself a healer and why she doesn't attempt. To heal Marie. To, to heal Marie, because that's not mm. what her power does. She can do surface level things, but nothing she does is permanent. She's she's specifically a glamour. Like, she yeah. can produce glamours, and that's about it. She can, yeah, change mm. the way you appear to others, but she can't actually fix anything. Okay. Uh, That'd be too much... Uh, yeah, this this episode is definitely the episode that I've heard a lot of people talk about. Uh, John was very excited in our group chat uh, when uh, w- after he got to watch this episode and the rest of us were still waiting to watch. Uh, I do want to say, though, everybody seems to be just lucky instead of good. <laughs> like, there no one's... I mean, we know that the like people in the show have skill, 
but being lucky is just better. Uh, hey, the like guy Bagra's laid it out in the train. Skill. Bagra has skill, but she's she's resting a lot on her. Uh, well, he's not going to kill me. I'm her. I'm his mother. Like kind of thing. <laughs> I mean, if it's worked for this many millennia. Fair. <laughs> hey, to be fair, the guy in the train laid it out. It's like you got skill, and sometimes you need luck. Yep. Yeah. It is luck so, ran out. Yes, it is. <laughs> Yeah, I I had already seen this episode. He was trying to do too many double crosses. I mean, it it does get a little hairy after two. <laughs> yeah, like you, it's true. you can't you can't do that many double crosses. It just never works. You can't keep track of your lies at that point. What were you saying, Stephen? I had already seen this episode before seeing the other episodes that I then had to go back and go see because Naima watched the episodes. <laughs> uh, like I had already seen specifically this one and was like, what happened? This is not that deep into this series. <laughs> <laughs> and and now that you've gone back and rewatched the other ones, are you still in that same boat? <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Up until the part where the actual end of this episode it happens and it's that, oh, no, he's actually the bad man from back when. Like, that's the only part where I was like, okay, everything else I had like this issue with or that issue with or something. And I feel like such a bitch about it. Like, I don't want to just complain through a whole series, guys. That's what I'm here for. So <laughs> my biggest complaint in this episode. Uh, no. Um, what was it that I, I you did? You can't pick one. That's, that's the no, problem. <laughs> my biggest complaint with this episode and this series is the scene where you have these two diplomats that have absolutely no name, have never been shown before, <laughs> come walking in and just start talking about the the problems that they're that the country is having with another country, but they're saying all these things that I have absolutely no reference for and no idea what they're talking about. Like I, it makes no sense. You're just saying gibberish at this point because I have nothing to refer to. It's in been where my this issue lies. The entire series has been that. It's yes. like it's like those, like back in the day, I really wanted to read more sci-fi and fantasy as a kid. I wanted to so bad. So any book that looked right, I would pick it up and I would dive in. And I, because of this, like like just loose way of approaching books and stuff, I picked up all these books that were the first book in a series that would be like in the fourth age of the thirteenth year of the like of the third clan of the last reel. And I'm like, I don't fucking want to do this already. <laughs> like I why are you doing this? And that's all of this whole series. Because Lord of the Rings did it and so now we all must do it. Yeah, but that's takes Lord of the Hon- Rings. Honestly that's uh, that everybody wants to be it's, Tolkien and nobody can do it the way Tolkien did it because nobody's willing to put the time and energy into actually. But I feel like with, and, and don't get me wrong, I've never read any of the Tolkien books, but watching the They're movie, I, I would assume they are, uh, <laughs> watching the movie, I feel like you have a general understanding of who is where and where they need, they need to go and all that. Yes, because is- the movie was able to synthesize the eight chapters it takes you to get all that information, eight, eight, ten chapters, where Tolkien could be, because Tolkien bothered to create languages and actually well, document a full history. And the, the, the only other thing that everyone forgets is that 
all the stuff that connects in Lord of the Rings as we know it now, a bunch of that stuff, the ring was there. It wasn't important in yeah. the original story for The Hobbit. No. It, he still wrote a thing and then made stuff later. It was earned. Yes. Yeah, no, he, he like built a world and was like, oh, I should probably have a story that that matters in this world. Oh, okay, here, let me pick something. <laughs> There, How did this boulder it. end up in this hill? Yeah, got its entire so, like lineage. But so all fa- all all fantasy science fiction writing since then has been like, oh, we'll build worlds, but nobody wants to do the decades worth of work <laughs> to actually well, build the world before writing the damn book. In and shoot me because I'm about to open a can of worms, John. How do they do it? <laughs> In Star Wars, is it just no. that that beginning crawl where it's like these this there's an intergalactic war and these are the two sides and and that's, that's all, all you need, need to know. <laughs> like, I how mean, is it that you you know Alderaan, Tatooine, and all this other stuff and who's at war in, in that in that first movie? There's so, a good answer for this. What is it, John? It's the edit. It wasn't at first. Well. Yeah, Stephen is kind of right about that. But so the way that it worked with Star Wars when it first came out is that it was really literally just Arthurian legend with a sci-fi twist, and you weren't supposed to think too much about it. There was a little bit of backstory and a little bit of snippets here and there that Lucas himself didn't even do. Like they were done by production people and artists and others, like to justify why is this an X-wing? Well, because the wings look like an X because of this reason and whatever. But that was like. <laughs> You didn't need to know that to enjoy the story. Yeah, that was literally because they look like bow ties. And they just retroactively said, well, no, that actually stands for twin ion engines. Sure. Which is like, where does that even have engines? Whatever. It's <laughs> retroactive. <laughs> so Star Wars built on itself after it became like a monolith of pop culture. When it first came out, you weren't. It, there wasn't much there to dive into. It was just kind of like, that's the story. That's how you get and that's one of the things that went... Oh yeah, this is a can of worms, damn you, Mitch. <laughs> that's one of the things that the prequel screwed up is that now Lucas wanted to do the Tolkien thing and tell the backstory of everything. And clearly, he wasn't a skilled enough storyteller to do that because now you have things that don't make any sense, like Anakin built C-3PO. Is that relevant? No, that never factors in mm. any important plot of the whole story. Just creates holes. Uh, <laughs> and I'm going to... I'm gonna real John in here for just a minute because I think what you get at with all of this stuff because I was listening to that same conversation mm-hmm. and I actually understood most of it. Okay. Part of the big problem and part of the problem Star Wars ran into for a little bit is when you use very complicated words as the names of places or words that are unfamiliar to your audience in terms of sounds they don't catch them as quickly because all of the players that were discussed in that short snippet at, at this point have been referenced batteringly. But since, but it's been a single sentence, a single word, a single, and so you, unless you are comfortable with the language and the names, you don't catch it. I, I can see that. I am, I am a I terrible was, American. Like just. Don't really understand the the you're, outside words. No, I, I'm not, I'm insulting myself, so it's it's fine. I mean, no, quite honestly, like, Russians would have the same problem. I mean, the thing is, is they're using Cyrillic based names, and that mm. we are 
a Germanic based language, not a Cyrillic based language. So we have no, this sounds very strange to us. So we don't catch it as easily. Me, on the other hand, I'm enjoying that aspect of it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm here for words. Like, I like this one. Like, the, the fact that the last episode was named Otskasatsia. Otsk, uh, Otskasatsia. Yeah. Um, like, that was good. I'm fine with the word part of it. Like, give me all of the weird words. I, it's just no more than three at a time for concepts that don't have weight to them yet. Fair. See, for me, I enjoyed that whole conversation because I was like, oh, look, we're playing a game of diplomacy. Watch it go around the room. <laughs> <laughs> and see, I still, I, and, and maybe it's just because I'm just not interested enough in the story. I still don't know who's the warring f- factors. Like, I don't know who's at you, war with you and have everyone in this kingdom. Everyone in this kingdom. Yeah, we, I was going to say, you've got four kingdoms f- warring with each other, and then you've got several factions within those kingdoms. Okay. But... I do understand that Kerrigan is the black heretic and that he created the fold. And when he did, the people that were trapped inside the fold got turned into those flying wraith things. Yes. Women. Uh, and the he children basically too. made Silent Hill. <laughs> yes, basically Silent Hill. He basically Hill. made Silent Hill. Yeah. So then w- what are the parts that you all enjoyed? Yep. Okay. The, the <laughs> no, movement, actually, the I plot well, movement. The plot movement. Okay. Yeah. I did enjoy the plot movement. Um, I enjoyed the reveal and the one little flashback as to why we had to kill off Askin. Um, Which one was Askin? The conductor of the train. Oh, okay. Well, he's not dead. I mean, he's as good as dead. <laughs> I'm sure he's going to talk his way out of it. <laughs> I mean, the one science man in the whole series is going to die. Come on. Yep. Yes, he's got to. Um, <laughs> and I also appreciate that we finally got the scene where we can see the creepy priest guy is in fact going to be creepy good priest guy as opposed to just creepy bad <laughs> priest guy. He is creepy. <laughs> he, he remains creepy. He has good intentions, though. But he has good intentions. He's on the right side of things. He just doesn't know how to not be creepy. Exactly. That's another thing with this show. Everybody is awkward. Everything is awkward. All interactions are awkward. Uh, even the... The one that's the most, the relationship that's the most smoothest, like Jesper and the stable boy, like still uh-huh. had to be awkward first. Oh, yeah. Like it's just too much. Like for for someone who says she gets too like secondhand awkwardness. I anxiety, spent the entire episode looking anywhere but at the screen. Like I, I <laughs> it hurt me. Now, I yes. think awkwardness. Awkwardness was a, a theme in this episode because the episode started with a, probably one of my favorite scenes of this episode. And I really like this episode. This has definitely been my favorite so far because what everyone else agrees to, that this one had plot and motion happening. But I love the little conversation they're having. This also had really cute character moments, like when the the two other Grisha are talking about how the Inferi was trying to flirt with the guy and accidentally set him on fire. <laughs> that was great. And then tried to drown was, him. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's little things like that that actually make a story interesting, not the big 
world building things and that's what some people misunderstand is you know a lot of lord of the rings would have been shit if we didn't care about frodo and sam's interactions or gandalf getting pissed off at pip for like fucking up the thing basically you know like it's all these little things that actually make it and that's probably one of the reasons why i like this one more and the crows each had kind of like their own little things to do in this episode like jesper uh hooking up with the stable boy I like that scene so much. I made a meme about it. And I don't know if anybody got a chance having, to see it. As I say, and then magically having Alina just crawl into his carriage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, "What are the odds, you know, of that happening?" And so, like, basically, he struck out like two for two on that one. Meanwhile, the other two crows, Inez and the the guy, I forget his name, the like, they're having to, yeah, they're having to deal with murder, <laughs> and you know, like almost getting caught, and it's well, like, I mean, it's not like they're that. not even. She's gonna have a complete crisis of faith. Yeah. Oh yeah, that too. That's one interesting thing that, because um, yeah, spoiler alert. I kind of looked a little bit at the books um, or synopsis of the books. Apparently, yeah, that becomes a real big thing. Yeah, yeah moving forward in the story. So here's my other thing. Speaking of crisis of faith. Askin didn't seem to have any crisis of faith in killing who he thought was Alina for oh, no, he's, the he, revolution. Is he, is he's he part of Yes, because when he and Inej met, when Inej was going to kill him for her freedom, he stopped her because he saw the pendant and he's like, oh, you are of the faith too. That's, that's just he's using opportunity. That's, he is a grifter to stay alive in any way and money speaks the, the most to him. Well, except I don't, he didn't, he wasn't killing Alina for money. He was killing Alina because he believes in the revolutionary in Western Kaz. I think it's, I think it's more that he makes money off of getting people back and forth through the, through the fold. If she makes the fold go away, that's the source of his money's gone. See, and I thought he was doing it, um, due to the West Ravkin, uh, Grisha, who's looking to overthrow the general. I mean, yeah, he did. He did talk to that to that guy. I just, I it's 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 a double bonus for him. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't think he does anything without profit in mind. I feel like that's more Kaz's motivation. But you're seeing that he at least has some type of morals. Kaz. Yeah. When? I mean, he cares for Inej. Yes, that's that's an interpersonal relationship. That's not morals. A, a code <laughs> is a code. I don't think he's got a code. I think he just cares about people, and his people, and only his people. Okay, I mean, all right. I, I still say that's a code. <laughs> there's an honor among thieves. What was that? Is it there's an honor among thieves? Yeah, there you go. It's an honor among thieves. <laughs> Anyways, stop it. It's a podcast. It's a podcast. <clears throat> no, yeah, I, I don't know. There there was a lot that that I I was happy to have had happen in this episode. There were things that I think have been a long time coming and needed to actually happen. I think this is where the series starts. Okay. Fair. Mm, and yeah. that's, that's Everything just for this else- season. Everything else was definitely felt like a build-up to this. I mean, so we have Mal finally making it to the to the little palace. So he is mere steps away from meeting up with Elena. Elena mm-hmm. 
mere moments away from, I am assuming, losing her virginity to yes. Kerrigan. <laughs> uh, Most definitely. And uh, that gets called away. Thank God. The <laughs> uh, She gets led away by Bagra and mm-hmm. learns that Kerrigan is uh, as old as Sin. And where do we go next? The two of them still have not met up together, but I guess Mal kind of has an idea of where she's at, or at least knows that he can track her. That's that's the key. Bagro gave the line of where we're going next. You need a, you would need a re, you would need the best tracker to find her. So what's the if over only we have one of those? If only, what's the over under and what actually is Mal's power? His gift. I think he's he heals himself. He's immortal. I don't think you know, he's I can't. I came to the realization that the shadow and bone probably refers to Kerrigan and Mel yeah. in the story. I, okay. Bone has to, like the stag is made of bone, right? Yeah. So the bone is what? the Grisha that can grow the animals right. from their fingers. That's right. Yeah. And I think that I'm with I'm with John. I think that's he's Mel's. the reincarnation of yes. of that guy. Right. I think this was all just about the one scene that was happening earlier that got interrupted. So you had the man with the sh- with the shadows, and they were going to bone. bone? <laughs> <laughs> Steven. By the way, I, I I really like. So this is something I'm familiar with in real life. So when I see it in fiction, it really affects me in an uh, unreasonable way. Blue balls. No. <laughs> hey, <laughs> were you gonna say like I'm actually no. I'm actually super curious about this one. Sorry, I was gonna say I never get blue balls. There's always uh, a way, no, but the no the the scene where Kirigan is probing Mel for things that uh, Al- Alina likes, right. and then uses that the blue irises. I'm like, oh, you bastard! Like that just hits me right in the feels when I was like. I hate that type of person so much. Yeah. He, he's doing he like a high, high school high school bully kind of thing. Yes. And if you're listening right now, fuck he you. Reminds me, <laughs> he reminds me of the um, bad guy in 10 Things I Hate About You. The oh, rich, yeah. pretentious. Mm-hmm. The model. The model, yeah. That's, I'm sorry, model slash actor. That's the <laughs> sa- it's the same character trope. And yes, I'm with you. I hate it. Yes. But. It's like uber douche. I'm just glad that Alina has finally caught on to what the rest of us figured out about an episode and a half, two episodes ago, where she is not in a love triangle. <laughs> yeah, but did she catch on or did someone just be finally come out and say, hey, Somebody he's a bad guy. Whacked her over the head with it. You know, whatever it takes, whatever it takes for her to realize it. Okay, sometimes direct information is the most effective medicine. <laughs> I know nothing about these books. However, I know that there are a lot of these books. There's a lot. There's more than two of these books. Okay. Uh, so I imagine he's going to convince her back to his side for a little bit. They have a tryst, and then it reverts back to her thinking, "Why did I ever trust him?" Again, See, and I figure in the books that whole. You think it was longer Single for this scene part? scene was several weeks over the, the long course. I mean, they definitely skipped over the, the 
the training montage that would have yeah. been in there of her being able to do more stuff with her powers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just decided, nah, we don't need that. Let's just get straight to the let's get straight to the boning in the shadow. <laughs> something seriously wrong with all of you. Yep. Uh, yeah. So as she is now going to be traveling with uh, the the crows. Are they going to turn her over for the million Kurgan or whatever it is? No. That Kruger? Kruger? No. Yes. Really? They're going to turn her over and then Inej is going to have the crisis that she's going to have and she and Jesper are going to convince Kaz to break her out. Is her power at all uh, offensive? Offensive? Like, does it hurt oh. anything other than shadows? Can you like? Can she direct it into someone's eyes and blind them? Can she set someone on fire? Does anybody know? I don't I know about no the heat idea, element. So, what was that? I, th- I think brightness. Yes, heat. No, no heat. I mean, sun summoner. The sun is pretty hot. I think that's just a descriptor because mm-hmm. we have to use words that we know. Fine. Yeah, <laughs> it might give you skin cancer over time. <laughs> <laughs> Just you wait 10 more years. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really just want her to end up having to use the punch that uh, Mal was teaching her in one of those other flashbacks about how to hold her hand, about how to make a fist. I, I don't. The first time I made a fist, I did not put my knuckles in this way that. Yeah anyone talks about in media where they're like you can't you can't hold your thumb or you can't have your thumb pointing out like that i never did this i don't know it why is it so prevalent in storytelling <laughs> that people natural. have to tell people not to like yeah like you just you just uh <laughs> you gotta stick it between your like ring and middle finger and you then, do the little yeah do like a nice jab <laughs> <laughs> oh, nope. nope that's all wrong don't do that <laughs> uh okay uh is there any other parts that anybody would love to bring up about this show yes oh alina was told by one of the few people that she trusted the tailor explicitly don't trust men in power and she immediately runs in the opposite direction and i'm like okay not even gonna think about it. Not even gonna like give it give it a chance to simmer. You're not even gonna let. Nope, nope. We're literally just gonna walk away from that conversation. I mean, right in the opposite direction. It is Ben Barnes. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, Cheap you bumps. sleep with them. You don't fall in love with them. There's a difference. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, honestly, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who who's to say that she wasn't just gonna sleep with like wham bam and thank you ma'am with him like. She's going to get hers yeah. and get done. But it got interrupted. Yeah, no, clearly not. <laughs> that is not the way that that was going to go. You and I and everybody else who's watching knows it. Uh, well, then I would have—I would say you need to take it up with uh, the writer of either the book or the show. <laughs> I will. Okay. Uh, hey, you know, we didn't get any more with the, the Grisha kidnapper. And oh, oh the right. Boat. True. We didn't. Yeah, we don't, that boat mm-hmm. is now sunk. We just got the reference to it in the conversation that Mitch hated so much. Yes. 
Uh, yeah, I'm, it's going to come back around. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it'll be in the next episode. Yeah, I was like, how is this going to factor into this? Mm-hmm. Uh, I did like that one scene, though, where Alina and the other one with the makeup powers break out into the carnival that's going on <laughs> oh, outside. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The quintessential scene that I love, but much earlier in the series. <laughs> so the scene of what? The, like where, the, where there's a reenactment of oh, the characters. Yes. yes. Okay. And but it's this like beautiful blonde, curly-haired woman that's they doing have the sun no summoning. Idea what Alina actually looks like? Yeah. Yeah. And like as soon as Alina gets a look at it, she was like, "Oh, that's awkward." <laughs> <laughs> Should I tell them? No. Uh, I did. I did like the the way that Kaz got into the castle or the little palace or whatever you want to call it beyond the gate, like essentially paid another guy to start a riot and he walks in as a, as a guard, guard. as an extra guard. Um, so still my favorite part of the show is the crows. Like really the only part that I care about. They're cause they're, they're cool. They're actually working together and doing stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so their little heist once again, another heist in the planning and then the planning going completely wrong. Uh, <laughs> and then it just magically and falls in works Jesper's out for lap. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Completely just works out for him. Uh, he, he's, he's clear. They're a D&D party. And I think that it's only grown more and more clear. So yes. what, what, would, what would Kaz be? What would Jesper be? What would in- Inej be? I, so I don't think that they hold to necessarily D&D classes, but some of the other RPG systems that are out there, they definitely stick to. Like the whole gunslinger thing where it's Fair. a lot of charisma and marksmanship is uh-huh. all that Jesper is. Well, I mean, Inesh is definitely a rogue with all yeah. of her agility and knife throwing. <laughs> this is true. And then uh, Kaz would be, I think, the the idea from Shadowrun of a face, the person who interfaces with clients. mm the high charisma. He's, he's the he, he's the manager. Yeah, but he doesn't have charisma. He just he no, is, but he, he does he diplomacy. He does. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's savvy. Is what I would say. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, there you go. That's episode five. Show me your power. Uh, if you have any more information that you love to give to us, except for not what's going to happen further down the series. Please find me on Twitter. I am at Mitchipedia G-E-M. G-E-M stands for Geek Elite Media. Steven, where can people find you online? Hopefully it's TikTok with all website. the dancing moves that you got. Oh, baby. No, uh, c- come, to find, come check out my website. I just posted a few new things that I had done more recently with some other motion graphic stuff. Uh, it's pepper- www.peppermintgentleman.com or shiftcontrolz.com. Really? Yeah, they'll both take you there. Nice. I mean, you, you have to type in shift control Z. Don't push yeah. shift control Z. <laughs> <laughs> uh, John, where can people find you online? I'm so glad you asked, Mitch, because you can find me on Twitter. I am at Magic Bollocks, and that stands for never getting blue balls. There you go. It's, it's, a, good, it's a good Grisha power that you got there. Just can't ever leave again. Elizabeth, where can people find you online? If you want to uh, find me and convince Mitch that he's wrong about Kaz having a code, uh, <laughs> you can find me with the rest of Geek Elite Media at Geek Elite Media and our Facebook page forward slash Geek Elite Media. And check out our website, geekelitemedia.com, for archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our network. 
And check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash geeklymedia for exclusive material that you can only get if you're one of our patrons. And whatever podcatcher you use to listen to us, please rate and review us. It helps spread the word of our network. But until next time, this is the Geeks Watch on the Geek Elite Media Network saying always remember to geek out. Geek out. This concludes our broadcast. Peace.